Iowa everywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The world will never be the same once you see it through the eyes of Fairway Frank. Frank, we'll sell London broils, New York strip steaks, pork chops, pork steaks. Frank's mama always said, life is like a T-bone steak. When you shop at Fairway, you know exactly what you're going to get. Chris Williams. That's Chris. Chris Hassel. Two guys named Chris. Presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. Welcome to Two Guys Named Chris. It is Monday, the 19th of February. We are in the Channel Seed Studios, presented, as always, by our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. Got a glare when I wear these blue blocker glasses. How are you, Chris Hassel? Sorry, people on the podcast have no idea what I'm talking about. How are you? COVID-free. I'm COVID-free. I've got a new Paxlovid worked? Paxlovid worked. You see my new camera? See how much better I look than you? Yeah, I'm getting one too, brother. You're you're making me uh, change. You're making me up my game. That'll be cut. I hope hopefully by Thursday show I'll have my new camera as well. <laughs> well Excellent. The new ad really works. What is that picture? How, how did you get? That's the back <laughs> of my bed. No, it's from the actual commercial. <laughs> it is. That's the same background we had on our bed. I thought you got a picture of me in like my in my bed blowing my nose. I'm glad Paxlovid worked. If it's COVID. Paxlovid. It's Paxlovid, baby. In fact, I, I I shouldn't have done this, but I didn't take the last dose of, of Paxlovid. I was feeling so good that I, and I had to get off my cholesterol meds to take Paxlovid. It doesn't interact well with cholesterol meds. God, you're such a old What man. about the placenta pills? Did you have to get off those too? <laughs> no, I think those are those are good to go. Really quick, how's the perineum? Your taint? Is it okay? My chode? <laughs> All good. Why Why were we talking about that again? I Well, because the Paxlova, they, they, uh, there's perineum problems for some people. Like the, the, your perineum will start to itch. Is that true or did you just make that up? I, Van Winkle told me that. I don't know. I'm you got to watch the commercial. 
itching of the perineum may occur. No, no, it does not say that. Are you serious? You guys are you sure that's me? Are you sure it's Paxlovid or not one of those like genital herpes commercials where the people are all out like climbing the mountains? They're like, ah, oh, you could be free too. <laughs> it's like, man, I want genital herpes. Like those people are like, living the life. Look what those people can do with yeah, herpes. I, I, I don't have genital herpes, and I'm not out climbing mountains and sailing and doing all that cool. You stuff. You know why they say genital herpes? Because we have herpes in our eyes. Yes. A lot of STDs in the eyes, my friend. Getting a lot of uh, comments in the in the comment section on spanking Cougars uh, tonight for Iowa State. They got the big game against the Cougars. A lot huge of game, people, huge game. Is this the biggest th- Iowa State regular season game in a I generation threw, I threw since it out the Pfizer Tinsley days? That I threw that out there for my audience, and they're smarter than me in many of these ways, and. Many of them said those games in 2000. Um, my buddy Travis Hines, who also covers the Cyclones, he threw out there there was a 2015 game in that Hoiberg team that was really good, uh, which I – but, like, this one just – you know, it's weird. The more I've been thinking about this, this game is huge because if you win it, like, you're in the driver's seat to outright win the Big 12, which was the best league in basketball, and that's a massive accomplishment, and there's so much. But it's also, like, there's this feel to me where I'm such a NCAA tournament guy and just get yourself in the best spot for there where it's like it really doesn't hurt them if they lose tonight, but, like, man, you want to embrace these moments when you have them. A massive game like this with everything out there for an Iowa State team that was picked, you know, in the middle of this league. So this is, to me, the most meaningful one. A lot of those 2015 games where it was like, well, if you win this, maybe you're going to have a shot to win the title. No. If you look at all the Vegas odds, it's Iowa State and Houston to win the league. And if Iowa State wins this game tonight, then they are undoubtedly in the driver's seat to take the league regular season title, which is one hell of an accomplishment. So, yeah, I think it's the biggest since 2000, in my opinion. Is the spread still 10? Yeah. Oh, man. I that's think it, a terrible... I think it, like, I think it dropped to nine and a half, but still. Okay. Well, that's where all the analytics have it. You have to realize Houston hasn't... The closest game anybody's played to Houston in Houston this year is 15 points. Jeez. So they, they just kill everybody at home. So like there's there's a reason for this. Average margin of victory in the Big Twelve this year, twenty two points. Yeah, there's at home kill. or period. At home. At home. Okay. So there is it beating seems the though. It seems as though even though there's that ten point spread, nine and a half, whatever it is, that Iowa State fans really think they've got a chance. I mean, I think they have a chance. I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on this game. I mean, if I was going to, I would take points either way. But, like, I mean, this is a really hard game. Like, the thing about Houston, have you watched them much, Chris? Like, yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I I saw Iowa State play them. I've seen them play a couple other teams and just kill them. Yeah, I just I think it's them and UConn and... I think UConn separated themselves from the field. I would love to see Houston and UConn play. I'll put it that way, just because they're different. And mm-hmm. 
Um, but like, I, I just think that this team is just that freaking good, especially at, at home. And it's a, it's a game. Of course, Iowa State can win it. Of course, they can. Like, this, this is as good of basketball as I've ever seen an Iowa State team play in my career. And I started in about 2004. When's the last this time is, Iowa State was a 10 point dog? Um, have they been one this season? I don't think so. No, not this season. They would have been last year. I mean, that, that's just, it's a lot of points, and it's, it's telling us that this isn't going to be much of a game. Uh, what was the line for Houston hosting Texas over the weekend? 10? 10 and a half. What was the final score? They killed them. Now, I know Iowa State's better than Texas, a lot better than Texas. The thing but, about Iowa State, like when you really watch them, is that they're just so damn balanced. Like, Lipsy only played 27 minutes the other day, right? Against Texas Tech team that you and I were texting. We both were like, this is a scary team. They can hit threes, they can do all this stuff. And now you've got Jones and, and of course, Gilbert, and it's just you're kind of just rotating these guards. And you kind of do the same with the bigs. It's like, oh, well, Jones isn't having a very good game. Ward's picking it up today. They're just so damn versatile. And even the guys coming off the bench, there's not a big drop-off when they play their seven or eight minutes. They're just so freaking well-rounded. Here's the problem, okay? So Iowa State has a – metrics-wise, Iowa State put a blinder on the name, okay? Just look at their metrics. They're a Final Four caliber team. Because they're top 50 in offense, top 50 in defense. They're a lead in one. Okay, so they're like 45 in offense, three in defense, which is really good. That's a great profile. Houston's profile is unbelievable, Chris. They're 16 in offense, one in defense. They've been the number one team in the country since December 1st. They haven't moved. And, like, what's so crazy about them being 16 in offense is they play that freaking ugly-ass, slow-it-down like, it, they shouldn't be as efficient as they are, but they don't turn it over. Like, and they're nasty and big and strong, and they're I, – I, I have so much respect for this Houston team after seeing them in person and just watching them dismantle these big 12 teams the way that they have. So I think, I think it's a tough, tough game tonight for Iowa State. I don't think Iowa State will win, but of course they have a chance because Iowa State is playing right now – they're going to be seventh or eighth in the polls today. They are one of the top seven or eight teams in the country. There's no doubt in my mind. But going to number one or number two, that's a that's a tough draw tonight. We'll have to see. Really tough. Uh, it's a tough turnaround for both teams. But Houston has already lost to Iowa State. They've already seen them. They've already played. I just I can't fathom Iowa State winning this game. I can't. I can't fathom a season sweep over Houston, winning in that place, which is going to be raucous. They have a great home atmosphere there. And and that coach, Calvin Sampson, oh my God. He is just, his teams have the personality of him. Just junkyard dogs. They will fight you. I doubt Iowa State's going to get the whistle tonight. They're so old, too, is the thing. Like, this is – these are two great – it's going to go into my thoughts on Iowa after they had a great win over the weekend. But these are two great college basketball rosters in mm-hmm. 2024. North Carolina is the same way. UConn's the same way. 
So like the days of, we're watching the NBA All Star Game last night, and everybody you were watching that it. mess. Well, I had it on in the background. I was well, I watching Halliburton. Yeah, I was watching Tyrese. Is what I was watching. Um, he should so have I, been MVP, by the way. Yeah, he got totally dicked in that. Like the guy. I mean, took, look, look at the numbers. Look at the stats. He took like eleven fewer shots than Dame. It was Lillard so bad. And had the same stats. So bad. Uh, anyway, and I just kind of thought too that they would hometown hero it and mm -hmm. make it a good story and give him. I put ten bucks on it. I was kind of pissed. Got it like plus nine hundred for Halliburton to win MVP, Damn. and he got he got robbed. Anyways. I don't even know where I was going. I lost my train of thought. Oh, I know. These are good college basketball rosters in 2024, mm -hmm. and they're just so old. They're not like – that's what I think is so amazing about what TJ's done in three years at Iowa State. You look at this group. It's a very talented roster, right? Like, Iowa State has good players. But they're not like these elite-level guys. Like, your, your one five-star guy doesn't even play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, it just shows yeah. what chemistry and coaching and age can do for a college basketball roster in 2024. Those rosters, the last two years, were terrible compared to this one, man. Like, and they went to the Sweet 16 with one of them. But when I look at the like Houston, North Carolina, UConn, Purdue to an extent, you know, Purdue's just kind of weird in the tournament, but they're still these just old. They're, they're weird over the weekend too. Got, yes. got beat by Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, it's not how you can trust them when you're I, I filling can't. out your bracket. I I certainly can't either. But this is a great example tonight of this, these Big 12 teams that are just – like guy like Kurt Jones, who's kind of an afterthought at Buffalo, spends an offseason getting his ass kicked by Pete Link and that straight team. And, and now he's like – he's going to be the sixth man of the year in the Big 12, and he's, a, he's freaking eating nails for breakfast. And that's what this game represents tonight. It's going to be an absolute fight. I think Iowa State loses it, but hell, throw the chips all on the table. Let's get after it. Got and they moved it off of ESPNU. They did. They listened. To the big show. Uh, we had the bracket preview show over the weekend. It was going on the same time as the Iowa State game, so I don't think a lot of Iowa State fans saw that. But uh, Houston a one seed right now. Iowa State a three seed I don't necessarily have that much of an issue with them being a three. I, I think you could definitely argue that they're a two. They're not a four. But being behind Kansas and Baylor. They need Baylor to surprise me a little bit. And I, I think that Baylor Baylor has a pretty tough end of the season, but they're playing really good. Uh Kansas, who knows? I think self is playing chess right now. I don't they only play like five or six guys, and two of them have been hurt. Those guys came back over the weekend, got a good win at Oklahoma. But I'm guessing Bill's going to be resting some guys down the stretch too, so it, it'll be really close. I, I don't know how it plays out. The Baylor thing is is kind of weird. Man, it, you, now you wish you had that point two for that Momchilovic shot, right? If you could have no got kidding. that win over Baylor. But we'll see. I All I know is Iowa State – is in position to win a big tw – it, it kind of controls its own destiny with two weeks left, and that's that's pretty awesome for for where this team is. I'm, I'm amped up I, for it's, it. It's really exciting. We talked about it. Take care of business at home. Take some road games, and you're going to have a chance. And and now they do, even though I, mean, I, I, I don't think they're going to win this game. But – I have been surprised. I mean, I thought they were going to get a really tough game from Texas Tech. I did. I was so wrong on that. 
I thought Texas Tech being the best three-point shooting team in the conference, they were going to hit some threes in the first half and take a lead. And they never got, they, they might have had one clean look at a three that entire first half. Watching Iowa State play defense in that first half was a thing of beauty. Yeah, and it once again you saw Iowa State's crowd and that defense break another Big 12 coach, uh, <laughs> McCaslin. And I love him. I, I think he's a great coach. I know he you is. admire him as well. And like I could tell, I, I think I maybe it was you I was texting with her, but you could tell 10 minutes into the game, it's like he's getting a tee. He is just beside himself. Those guys were getting amped. Um, that Iowa State crowd is just like now they've taken it upon themselves to just harass these opposing coaches and just make their lives miserable. Um, <laughs> it's it's really good. It's really good stuff. That was a that was an impressive win though. Just the fact that you you're matching up the Big 12's number or probably number two defense after Houston. With the most efficient offense, they don't turn the ball over, best three-point shooting offense, and Iowa State really shut them down. Some garbage shots there in the last five minutes or so for Texas Tech. Yeah, that, that score, oh man, I so I had Texas Tech plus seven and a half, and God damn, it got close. Oh, oh yeah. my God. They, there were I mean, a they, lot of people in Hilton I was watching that were nervous at the end of that one. I They had the shot at the end of the game that would have done it. Or if they just wouldn't have fouled in the final 15 seconds. Yeah, Toussaint made a three covered. to make it a seven-point game, and then they fouled Gilbert, and he made a free throw to put it over. So, And that was as close as that game was the entire way. Iowa State took a double-digit lead, and it never got within double digits until the final minute. <sighs> we'll get to the Iowa game. I have some thoughts on this. Uh, we do have a lot of people in the comments wanting this. So that, are you going up to Daytona today? Are you driving up to Daytona for the race, Hassle? I figured you'd be in heaven today. You got the biggest Iowa State regular season men's basketball game in twenty plus years, and the Daytona Five Hundred in the same day. You know what sucks is I'm barely going to be able to indulge because I've got to take Cameron to Iowa City for a checkup on her foot. So, oh I'm gonna, man. What time yeah. is that race? Uh, Matt might have to look. Five, three or four. I think what? it's five central, isn't it? What? It's a night race. What are you talking about? Well, they've got two races to run because the one Saturday got rained out too. The Xfinity race, like the minor league one. How so, was the qualifying? The three o'clock. Right. I don't know why you have to be such a dick. Well, oh, Josh just put koala bears in the comments. It reminded me of three thirty. There, three three thirty. So okay. I took some extra time last night because I figured there'd actually be more people gambling on it being a Monday and what, yeah. else, what the hell else are you There's no do? doubt about that. You have been with me in Las Vegas. Yeah. We we hit a big long shot last year. One of these Daytona races. And so Chris has done this with me. It's proven it doesn't always work, but I have hit the last two winners of Daytona races. So like if you're a if you don't fall racing, it's basically a crapshoot. Like there's there's just all these wrecks in these races. So what I like to do is just sprinkle my uh, sprinkle money all around the board and hope to hit a couple of long shots. So this is my 
absolute um, play from our friends at DRF Sportsbook on today. I think I have like 15 bets here, 16 bets for you guys. Do not put a full unit on all of these. That is the wrong way to play this. We want to try and hit a long shot and try and hit a couple of these top five and top tens to have a profitable day. I'm not going to go through and read them all. If you're listening on the podcast, we have it posted all over social media. But um, again, we are not trying to win all of these bets. We want to hit one of the long shots. We want to hit some of these top tens and top fives. All of these odds that you see on the screen are from DRF Sportsbook. That's where I put all my bets in. And hopefully we can make a little bit of money here. But that was so much fun when we were at the Sportsbook last summer. And it was our guy, Chris Busher. He's on my list. He won it like... It was like 3,000 to one, and we all had money on him, and we had a really good day. That was, that it was. was a lot of fun. That, was that week that. zero when we were there for that? Yeah, that was week zero. Yeah, but we all hit it, and there was like six of us just going crazy in the sports book because we had a big day. So anyways, check that out. Uh, anywhere on I, – I tweeted it from at Chris M. Williams. It's also up at Iowa everywhere. Uh, yeah. Iowa men – with a ups, uh, kind of an upset win. Um, uh, it was not an the, upset. The sports th- books said it was not an upset. Uh, yeah, Iowa was favored by one and a half. Yeah, it's, don't uh, don't fall into that. Correct. The it was a perceived upset because of Wisconsin yes. season and what's been going on with Iowa. What was your take on it? Obviously, a really good win, and I, I'm just having a hard time. With a couple of things, and I, uh, but I'll, I'll jump into that after you. Okay. Uh, I thought Iowa was going to handle Wisconsin. Wisconsin's kind of in a free fall. They had lost four of five. You had, I knew there was going to be extra juice in the building. I think the Caitlin Clark game helped. I, I don't know why. I just had a feeling that there was going to be some magic left over from the Caitlin Clark game on Thursday night. And there was. We knew it was sold out. Place was packed. It was a blackout. Fans were into it. It was a horrible start. Oh, my God. Going from the Iowa State game right into this game was whiplash. Because in that Iowa State game, there there were no open looks at all in that first half for Texas Tech. None. And then you come to this game, and I mean, every shot is wide open. And Wisconsin's hitting everything. They 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 started off like twelve of fifteen from the floor, like five of seven from deep. It looked like Wisconsin might run away, but Iowa starts chipping away. You know what? They started playing some defense. Like that's the thing about this team. When they want to, they can be decent on the defensive end, but it's only when they are supercharged. And then Tony Perkins gets, I think, a talking to. He had a bad start to the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Came out guns a-blazing in the second half. They almost blew it. I mean, they were up seven with five minutes to go or whatever. It went to overtime. It was just a win that they had to have. They had to have this game. And I'm not talking for the NCAA tournament because that's still a pipe dream. I'm just saying for the program, for these kids. They needed... A big win like that. They needed a packed Carver. They needed mm-hmm. a crowd that was engaged. And they needed to come through with that on the line against a rival 
in a in a good team in Wisconsin. They're, they're struggling right now, but still a pretty good team. It was great. Um, I I don't think it's going to carry over. The schedule this week is just brutal. I think they go on the road against two rank, and we'll see where the rankings go today. But they what go is it this week. Yeah, they go on the road to Michigan State. Not going to be ranked, but playing much better. Like I I think Michigan State is right now one of the top. 20, 30 best teams in the country. And then to number 14 going into the week, Illinois. Not sure where they'll be today. So, look, you can look at it as major opportunities. I mean, you you win on Tuesday against Michigan State. Then you can start thinking, geez, we're, we're a win away from probably potentially being in the tournament right now. I I don't see that happening, but uh, good good for the guys to to finally get one of those in the in the win column because what were they 0 and 7 in quad 1 games they they needed it and now it things are interesting again what's hard for me when i when i watch iowa and totally agree with you on all that stuff they they deserve credit for the win give it to them i i just have a hard time anymore in college basketball watching these games the way i used to where it's just like a lot of these teams it'd be like well they're building up you could really see this next year, this team taking a huge jump and getting to the second weekend or they gotta develop. And like all these basketball seasons anymore, Chris, are just so in a box. You know what I mean? Because these rosters flip over so much. It's like I have no idea what the Big Ten's gonna look like next year. I have I think I know what Iowa will look like, but I don't see him going out and getting a bunch of free agents and stuff like that. So it's like even in the good times, it's like I isn't that what we build for as fans? This is why I keep saying that I just I want to continue on that conversation from last Thursday about Fran jumping into the portal because when I'm watching these players on Saturday, it's like they have really nice pieces. Like mm-hmm. there's, I think Harding's going to be really good. People know how much I love Sam. Yeah, he kind of he kind of sparked that. Yeah, I, lo- late in I think the first he's going to be a really nice player, but he's not going to like. He's not Keegan Murray, right? Like but- you. you Owen Freeman might be, but yes. did you see? Did you see John Miller's tweet? No. What did he say? He's already telling Iowa fans to you know collect the the pop cans and bottles and start that? a special NIL fund to keep Freeman. I mean, we're not talking the, about going out and getting somebody. They're going to need money to keep Freeman. He's not wrong. Okay. Because that's college basketball now, and again, that's why I like it's. It's hard for me to sit here and watch these now. Iowa, to their credit, hasn't lost a ton of guys, mm-hmm. meaningful guys like yeah. C.J. Frederick. You know, there's not that Joe many Tucson, on, not guys that you're gonna really, really, really miss. No, but it's hard, like, because back five years ago, even it's like, man, Freeman and Harding, that's gonna be a hell of a pair, and like you just build around them and stuff. But like. I'm just saying for Iowa to get to the point where I think their fans will be happy in this in this era, they're going to have to get in the portal. And I got so much flack from Iowa fans like, oh, they don't have any money. There's money in Iowa. Okay, like there's money, but it's not going to basketball. It's th- not going why? to men's basketball. Wh- because so why? Why can wrestling go out there? I get it. I'm going to answer the question there because they win national champions. I get it. what. That There's is more not an for wrestling. That right is now. not an excuse 
at the University of Iowa. Money should not be an excuse. In in it probably high major college basketball, that is not an excuse at the University of Iowa in the Big Ten. But uh, I don't buy it. If you're an Iowa sports fan and you want to improve the product, you've got some money to give. Are you really going to give money to the men's basketball program? If you're the, if you're the collective, are you really going to put money into the men's basketball program? A coach that really doesn't like this era, and that's fine. If you can still do it, he can't do it. And are in- is that because there's no money? Is that because no one wants to come to Iowa? Is, is I, I I don't know. I think it's all of the above, but but. I think Iowa State is spending more money on men's basketball than Iowa is, which Probably is when you look at when you look at the evolved. numbers. Yeah, when you look at all the the money that these two programs, these two uh, university athletic departments, can bring in, Iowa's clearly okay. going to bring in more than than Iowa State. So what's the what's the end game then? We're just going to quit. We're just going to ah. We'll just man. Hopefully we can make the NIT this year and maybe we can keep a couple of guys and make like, what is the end game? If you're not going to spend money in the portal, if you're not going to try and raise money for basketball via a collective, if the head coach isn't going to go out there and do it on his own, what are we doing? I don't know. I, I think that, I think that these fans that might have the ability to make a difference need to see something more. And I think that this goes back to, not making the Sweet 16, feeling like there's a ceiling, a lid on the program, and Fran just not being super likable and loved in the fan base. I think it yeah, goes it, back to that. And unless you can con- convince fans that, well, we're, 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 we're this much away from getting here and we can get there and, okay, great, let's do it. I, I don't think you can convince many fans of that right now. It's going to take just, a lot more weekends like we just had. A lot more games in Carver like yeah. that. It's just weird to me that there's no, with all the money at that place. Because, I, I mean, I've like compared to Iowa State, there's just so much more. Yeah. That there's no boosters that, that care about basketball enough to be like, you know what, Fran, we're going to rally together and come up. Here's, here's a million bucks that 10 of us have put together and, or like that Fran's not engaging with these people to do that. I actually feel bad for Fran if the collective really is not helping basketball. That seems really – I don't know if that's actually – I That seems I, really I can't imagine that it's not helping basketball but not helping that, enough. Um, but I don't – is it on the collective? Is it on fans? Is it on – I don't McCaffrey, put it on fans. Does, well, fans are the ones paying – you're gonna need you, you need the money from the fans to get those players in the portal or to help to try to get them. But fans care a lot more about football right now, wrestling and women's basketball. You're you're not wrong. I I think we're making a lot of good points here. It's just like again, I was watching that game and I'm like, man, I really like Harding. I think Sanford I honestly think Sanford could end up on an NBA roster someday. I don't think he's going to be like a lottery pick, nothing like that. But I think he's a really good college player that uh, an elite shooter could end up there. Um, we we all love this Freeman 
You know, we think he's going to be fan- – he could be their next star. And I'm like, you just need some pieces around him. You need some older pieces. I don't want – I'm not talking about more freshmen coming in. It's not the – no. You need older – mature bodies to put around these watch their interior defense right like mm-hmm. i mean the, it's clear where the, but I, but i also know it costs money to get to get those guys and cricky's fine he's a nice player he's exactly what we thought he would be a really nice player who fits well that is not going to be a difference maker for this team in this program and it, he's been fine like on a different Iowa team Cricky could have been phenomenal because he would have slid right in there and been this wonderful piece they ask him to do too much down there and I'm watching this game and it's like man where if they don't do anything else in the portal though if things don't change you're going to be in the same spot just over and over again because the days of guys staying for five years in a row to develop are just they're going away sorry I think some I, fans would say that that's okay, that that's fine, because Iowa's consistently finishing top half of the Big Ten. They're consistently making the tournament. Um, that, that Fran McCaffrey has shown he can develop these players. Like Owen Freeman, I think, has the chance to be really special. Totally agree. If they can keep him. Like, I have been more impressed with him than I was with Luca Garza when he was a freshman. Oh, yeah. Easy. I'm not saying this guy's going to become yeah. a two-time player of the year, but Freeman has it. He's got it. And he's kind of a – he's got that swagger to him that I like. And he's that's where it. I'm going to go with my triple B this Ooh, week. Yeah. Bigger, better, bolder. Powered by Kelderman Manufacturing. My bigger, better, bolder is Owen Freeman. I felt like he hit a little bit of a freshman wall a couple of weeks ago. There were a few games where he just, you know, he wasn't much of a factor. But man, in that in this game, the stat line he put up. Pull up his stats, Matty Van Wink. He put up a stat line that I don't believe we've seen this season from from any player in college basketball and he actually showed some force on defense like he he was a Sanford was too affecting some shots on defense in that second half which is always a, a huge plus so Freeman didn't miss a shot okay six for six from the floor big guy eight of 11 from the line he had 20 points 12 rebounds six assists four blocks and two steals mm-hmm That is a nutty stat line. Nutty. And this is against a Wisconsin team that's, you know, supposed to be a good defensive team. Yeah. He's really freaking good, man. I think, yeah, he has a chance to to be a really special player. But as John Miller pointed out, you better get some money together because there will be teams going after him. And maybe Owen Freeman's like, "You, you know what? Fran McCaffrey was the one that, you know, really put his faith in me. I came here with my high school teammate, Brock Harding. We want to do something here, and I'm not going to go. But I think he's going to have some really enticing offers. Well, not only that, and I I don't know. I just think it's got to wear on you playing in front of empty arenas, too. Yeah, I think he he was the one that said after the game, 
that was the best crowd he's ever played. In yeah, front. like that's huge for those guys to just to feel that energy. And so I, I hope he stays. I think that he could be their next. I don't know if he's going to be a lottery pick, but he could certainly be an All American type of player. And I don't think he's that far off from it, to be honest. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. My bigger, here Matt, you do yours, uh, your Kelderman Manufacturing Bigger, Better, Bolder, because it's on topic, and then I'll go to mine. Brock Purdy didn't play. <laughs> you got to give credit, man, to Ohio State taking off number two mm-hmm. Baylor or two two Purdue after firing their coach. You know, coming <laughs> in with like you normally you see that in like football, guys will rally around a coach that gets you know fired, and then the assistant steps in. You re- rarely you see that in basketball where it's like a bottom feeder of the conference, like Ohio State. They're like second to last in the Big Ten. Come in and just upset Purdue. That crowd too is pretty impressive for mm-hmm. a down Ohio State team. I mean, you're gonna get you know your best your best effort against a Purdue number two in the country. But man, seventy three sixty nine to to do that and man, that's impressive. And it's it's fun to watch Zach Eady, but like I don't know, they seem to get the little bit get the best of him. He still had twenty two points, but they they went on a stretch there where they Purdue just did not score very well at all. And it seems like they could feed him the ball a little bit more, but kudos to Ohio State, man. I do want to give a quick shout out to Halliburton too. He got robbed, like you said. He's my yeah. honorable mention triple B. He was all what he hit five three pointers in the first like five minutes of yeah, that his game. His first five night. shots were threes that he made and well that he, he did he did come away with some hardware. Can the, I did you see that I, the what, Pacers? What did he win? Well they had the skills competition during the, the night before and they it was like they had the three number one picks they had three just all-stars, like a team of all-stars, and then they had three Pacers, and the Pacers beat those other teams with mm. Halliburton on the Pacers. I didn't watch it. The All-Star Saturday night is, is – I have a love-hate relationship with All-Star Weekend. I used to love All-Star Saturday I night. I did too. <laughs> and I hate it now because it's just a shell right. of what it was. Well, they had it at Lucas Oil Stadium too, and it was like – it was so weird. The weird crowd port. was not into it. Like It sucked. It's just, it I, I just bad. saw some of the highlights of – of the dunks that were just horrible. Like I used to be appointment TV for me to have state wrestling and all-star Saturday night on and at the same time. And like, I used to have like parties for it. And like, now I, I literally watched Creed three. Well, what did it say too that your best, <laughs> your best dunker comes from the, the, the G league too. Yeah. Like, right. Like, yeah. Uh, you got to call pretty, Mac McClung up there pretty bad geez. every year to win the dunk contest and then How send I, him back down to the G league in defense of the NBA. All of the backlash that last night's All-Star game is getting is just ridiculous to me. It has been this way for so long. The last really competitive All-Star game I remember, it was AI. Man, this is back when we were in like high school, Chris. Like, I mean, every once in a while you'll get these guys and they're all amped up. But th- this is what this game is now. And like last night there was all the oh my god they're not playing any defense well what fucking game have you been watching for the last <laughs> 20 years like i haven't played defense in this game in decades agree and, and look i mean what major league baseball has the best all-star game but after that like 
hockey all-star game's terrible. The the Pro Bowl is is has changed yeah, to flag like football. Flag, yeah, they don't even do anything. So I don't know. Do you go do you go three on three? Do you just get rid of it? I, I people still watch. It's still a an event. But the other like the Sabrina versus Steph thing was yeah. the best thing of the weekend. Yeah, I, I mean cool. they they have something going with the skills. I, I think that's way more entertaining than the game yeah, itself. There's I mean, no doubt. But the the thing that they had like with the Pacers and this skills competition, it was kind of stupid. They had to like pass through these giant hoops, which they would score points, and it was like anybody could do that. You know what? I want to I want to see like an old timers game. I want to see Jordan and Bird and Magic Johnson yeah. and those guys out there on the court again, even if it's just like two on two, three on three. You're come like on. a pro wrestling fan. We always want the old guys to come back. <laughs> Remember when Iowa State did that? They would have like a celebrity, like former player game. Yeah, Williams. I covered. I one think of those that was once. Fred brought those guys back. Or... I I just I'm watching Twitter last night, and again I had it on my second TV. I was watching a movie with my daughter, but like it is that game has been like that for. Decades. Like, I don't know where all this outrage came from. Oh, they're not playing defense. Well, okay. <laughs> what? What? Uh, the the, like the, the, difference... the the score of the game didn't even like raise my eyebrows. What was no. it? Two eleven to yeah one seven. Two eleven to one eighty six. It didn't even like that. Does the sure? That's what I would expect. I. It also just is so. It's a microcosm of the league itself. Where you have guys, it, it this is what pisses me off as a fan is when people, let's say you're local and Matt is a Golden State fan, and he goes and he wants to take his daughter up to Minneapolis because the Warriors are in town, and Clay and Ugh. Steph take a rest day. See, that's the stuff that pisses me off about mm-hmm. the load management thing. Is like you're just alienating the people that are paying your insane salaries but it's now it's leaked into these things because it's like well back in the day they cared like jordan and those guys it was a pride thing yeah they wanted to beat malone in the west like it was a huge deal to them well these guys are all like hopping teams every other year Mm -hmm. and like they sit out every other game they don't care so it's hard to make the fans care if if they don't care and like i mean the days oh jordan and pippen and god they got to beat the pistons they got to get over that hump mm-hmm. what was you that know, thing th- they it did it doesn't exist cuz they just leave and go and play with their buddies now <laughs> like this is all different adam says 2 on 2 nba jam style that would be fun or like Ooh. the 3 on 3 didn't they do that 3 on 3 tournament a while ago kind of yeah fun. they still do the ice cube thing yeah the ice cube thing yeah they could do 3 on 3 but still you're not going to be playing any defense Maybe a little bit more because you don't have to run the court. It would just be a novelty. The guys still wouldn't care is the problem. They don't care. Yes. Like it's, it, and they it's make like, so much money you can't really – you add in some money, it's still not enough. To, that's to part care. of my problem with, with, with like racing now, like NASCAR. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, we want them to wreck like Earnhardt used to do and like just beat people up. Well, now they're all millionaires. Like back in the day, it's like these guys. It's like if they want to race, they could afford to eat that night and travel. The, <laughs> but now it's like uh, they're all riding around in two million dollar 
coaches, you know, like all this shit's just different than it was in the nineties. And we have to like get over that. I, I don't know what the answer is, but the people crying, no defense in the NBA all-star game. Like what in the hell have you been paying attention to watch an NBA game on a Friday night? I mean, they don't play defense until the fourth quarter. I will say, Iowa State Houston here. <laughs> I will say too, it is kind of cool to see that Halliburton is kind of becoming that new face of the NBA. And you know, the TNT guys talked about that a little bit. Like once LeBron leaves, could Halliburton be the new face? I mean, and I hope got- he builds it and keeps going in Indianapolis and doesn't mm-hmm. be like, oh, I need to get to a big market. Oh God, that's the shit that has ruined the NBA. For me, now, it, ruined is strong. I will still watch the playoffs. I still care. But it's the same thing as the transfer portal deal. I hope Owen Freeman and Brock Harding are there for four years because it's great for fans. You get invested into these guys. You pay a lot of it. That's why I think the women's game's better because there's not as much hopping around, although that's mm-hmm. coming. It started. Yeah. Yeah. That With the Haley Van Lists of the world, everybody going to LSU this offseason. But, like, we grew up as Bulls fans. And Chicago is somehow not a free agency destination, so they can't get any good players, and they they suck at drafting too. But you you, you see what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it, it, this whole like you can't just build because everybody else is doing these super teams, and that's again back to my point with Fran. Like it's great if you want to build from within. Like I think that should be the core of what he's doing. He's, he's proven to be a very good developer. But when everybody else in your league is playing by one set of rules and you're trying to do it another way, man, it makes your job a hell of a lot more difficult. So there you go. I I was glad for Iowa that they got that win, but that was all I could think about in the middle of it. I'm like, what does this actually mean? This is a nice moment. I don't think it's actually going to do anything. They needed My, the moment, though. Yes, and happy for everybody. No, I haven't. Mine is Steve Sarkeesian. Speak. uh, I love it that the fans have to pay the players. Okay, so we're asking, you know, Joe, who makes forty thousand dollars a year in his construction job, uh, he's got to pay Owen Freeman. But we're giving out contracts like this. So Steve Sarkeesian gets a new contract with Texas. Included so his his annual salary is ten point three million. And it goes up a hundred thousand dollars every year. So he'll be making almost eleven million in two thousand thirty. But he also gets with his new contract two cars, a private jet, game tickets for all the home and away games, which is nothing. Everybody gets that, and then a fancy ass country club membership. That's all on top. Of, he get a, a private jet on top of the. That's not a school jet, like, oh, you're going to go on a recruiting. This is like, hey, hey, Steve, we should fly to the Masters this weekend. Let's take the let's take the private jet that they gave you. Uh, so Steve Sarkeesian's mine. A hell of a contract Just because he got that? Yeah, he's bigger, better, and bolder today than he was last week, baby. What, I, what are you paying someone so much money for if you're just going to give them everything <laughs> they would need? This is what like, is... Maddening to me. All these coaches have like free cars and free, like I know a lot of coaches. They'll get a job and the university will buy them their first house. Be like, okay, here's a million dollars for your first. House. This happens. All what are you the paying time. them ten point three million for? That's that they should use that to buy the house, to buy the cars, to buy the membership. Th- that that's what. <laughs> 
but the drives fans, me crazy. The, the, the richer you the are, players. the richer you are, the more free stuff you get. It's yeah. ass backwards. Because all the people who aren't rich are trying to bribe the rich people to help make them rich. Yeah, I saw that. I almost tweeted about it, and I didn't want any backlash, so I didn't. It's in my drafts. I did the same thing. I had it. I actually tweeted it and deleted it because I didn't want Bloom to get mad at me. <laughs> I had it, and I said, but the fans well, have to pay the price. How players. about this? You know what I love? I just love it. Anytime Iowa State wins a game, as soon as the game ends, let's celebrate by donating $20 to We Will. Can All right. I have some money paid? I actually think it's really smart, though, because... It is smart. You have to do it, but it's just ridiculous. The difference in Iowa State and Iowa, and I think I know enough about... I really want to talk to this Brad Heinrichs and just learn more about how they're doing it. I, I need to reach out to him. I'm going to do that. Like, Iowa State, is, it's very much a grassroots, it's got to come from the bottom because there's just, one, it's, the fan base isn't as big, and they don't have doctors, lawyers. You know, I'm going to go to that hospital today, and, like, there's a million doctors running around, right? Like, that's what you produce at Iowa. At Iowa State, we produce farmers, veterinarians, and engineers, right? Like, it's just a different class of, you know, the financial world. And they, they so it's got to come from the people making seventy k and buying season tickets, and that's like so. Bloom's doing what he has to do there. I I bet you they made a lot of money with that. Look, you you strike while the iron's hot. Like after a win, you know fans are more willing to say yes, yes, okay, great. And I'm I, I'm glad they're only asking for ten, fifteen, twenty dollars yeah. in instances like that. But it's like. It's still, it just doesn't sit well with me. Not not Iowa State and the We Will Collective. This whole thing, this entire goddamn thing, where these schools, these athletic departments are bringing in so much money, they don't even know what to do with it. And yet, it's the fans. It's Joe Schmo who has to put together money to try to pay players. That has to be fixed. It has to be. The schools need to be paying these players, not fans. Steve Kemp says Iowa State produces grassroots cyclone fanatic journalists. Iowa produces elitist ESPN CBS broadcasters. Well, I didn't even go to Iowa, so. <laughs> Just played right into That's it. That's St. Ambrose. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a tavern priest- hawk. That priest that you used to shower with would be so proud of you today. <laughs> Father Micklow. And, and again, I did not shower with him. Our shower was just on the same, like right down the hall from his So house. you guys would, you would walk there in I your think towels he, together. I think he had his own shower in his apartment. I think. Because I never saw him in the community shower. You didn't share a loofah? No, we were not, we were not loofahing each other. You know what was the most disgusting thing about college? In, in in the in the dorms that I lived in, perineums, is that no? So you would you know you you'd have to wear those uh, sandals because there was you know you had to wear like those shower sandals yes. to protect yourself against like you some kind of warts. foot fungus. Yeah. Oh, I don't but think then, I can go back. But then you'd be so th- we had this community shower, 
And there were some like um, uh, shower curtains you could kind of pull around your space. So you didn't have to like look at everyone else if someone else was in there. But sometimes there would be 10 guys in there showering. And one of, if, if you were in a shower where all the, you know, where the drain is, if you were in that area where the drain is, all of a sudden you see like piss coming in. There's guys pissing in the shower and then it goes, it's floating down with all the suds all over your feet, all over your sandals. So the priests were doing this? No, I don't think so. I think it was other students. Then they, they just go in there. Well, there's a drain. I'm going to piss in a community it's all, shower. It's all pipes. It's all going the same place. <laughs> you never got your feet pissed on? Not that I'm aware of, but I mean, it probably happened. Did you have community showers at Iowa oh, State? Oh, yeah. Friley Hall. Yep. So you had to shower with other kids? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And did you have to look at them? Was it like no. a was it no, like a it was prison like shower? A huge bathroom and it had it had we had stalls. We didn't have curtains. We had stalls. So like Oh, you there had was stalls. Like, yeah, there's like concrete between That's them. how it should be. Yeah. But I'm telling you, man, at at Hayes Hall in, in the chapel, <laughs> it was wide open, baby. And all these St. Ambrose kids are just pissing everywhere. <laughs> yes. It's it was disgusting. So I would shower like once a week. I I hated going in there. I I told you I used to have. I would I would finish up my uh, gallon of milk, and I'd keep the empty gallon, and so that I wouldn't have to go down the hall to the bathroom. I would just I would piss into it, and put it on top of the mini fridge. My roommate Manny was so pissed about that. That's disgusting, man. It is Didn't disgusting. Didn't it start to smell? Well, I put the top on it. So no. Yeah, I mean, it, was it, it like hot? Oh, yeah. It was real hot. Like steaming? Real hot. <laughs> uh, probably a good time to ask Matt to give us some Iowa event centers. What's, com- what's coming up at the Iowa event center? Great segue. Matt. I'm looking forward um, to that Cody Johnson concert coming up in May. You got That's any golden showers do. over there at the Iowa Event Center? Uh, Lil Wayne's coming in April. Does he have a nice. song called like Golden? I don't know. Lick my lollipop. I don't know if that's an appropriate segue with the priest conversation, but <laughs> again, uh, the I, the priest never showed up in the shower. He just lived. That you they, know, the of. priests lived down the hall. Thank God this was before, you know, Bluetooth cameras and stuff. So we got Avenged Sevenfold coming March 15th, Tim McGraw March 21st. I want to go to Fallout Boy April 3rd. Oh. Jimmy Eat World, Fallout Boy. God, what? that that screams Van Winkle. Oh. Wait. I was like Jimmy Eat World and Fallout Boy are coming together? Yeah. When is this? April 3rd. I think it's a Wednesday wow. or Thursday. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah. All right. That's a big part to- too. The Cody Johnson, Justin Moore is what I'm looking forward to the most coming up, man. That'll be a hell of a show. That's that May 17th. You know, Ooh, Justin Moore. That one. That'll be a great show. Justin Moore is like one of my all-time favorites. He's Who's open. that? What does he sing? He's, he's not even a... 
He's not even like a big name. He's the guy who sings uh, Small Town USA. You know that song? Try that in a small town? Uh, he sings a lot of songs like that, but not that song. That's Jason Aldean. Do you think J- you, you think Jason Aldean's douche country, don't you? No. No, well, I, I think that... Uh, I mean, he's he's teetering douche, but he's not douche. <laughs> Stay tuned to this week. We got a we'll have a contest uh, announcement for Barry Manilow. Barry the Man- I want to. The oh, last Mandy. I love Barry Manilow. Although I feel like he's he's probably a little past his prime, but it's a good time to see him before he dies. My dad said everyone used to think he was Barry Manilow when he was a kid. People thought he looked like him. No way, Don. That's what he says. We need a photo to come compare, please. We'll put it on Twitter. Last you know what but my dad looks like. Last but certainly not least, we got that that guy that Ferentz brought in as the volunteer quarterbacks. <laughs> oh, we're, we're going to get to that now. <laughs> this happened like a week ago, didn't it? So that guy who he was a volunteer coach from Wisconsin that was supposed to help Spencer Petrus, and he and he didn't, and then he he brought in Deacon Hill. <laughs> He's now been promoted again. Bud Meyer. He's, he, he's been... Oh, yeah. Coach Bud, Bud. He's been promoted now, again, after after the quarterback help that he gave Spencer Petrus, and then he, he brought in the secret weapon, Deacon Hill. This is his third promotion, with the and he's now in charge of Iowa's wide receivers. How do you think this, is, this happened? Like, how? Does he have nude photos of Ference? Like, I mean, at least he's not the offensive coordinator. We thought that was an option, you know? Yes. So that that's kind of the, the silver lining in what, this. What are they doing? And, like, like <sighs> to coach never wide receivers, him. he's never done that before. Van Winks, pull up his um, – so he's only going to make 375. His predecessor, Kelton Copeland – According to Chad Lystico, is making about five hundred thousand. So, you're saving some money. Is that is Kirk Ferentz just all about saving money? It doesn't even matter. They're getting like eighty million dollars in television revenue. It doesn't matter. They could pay this guy a million dollars. It wouldn't even impact them. Like Van Wink, pull up his uh, his coaching history. He he has history like working with quarterbacks, and well, well yeah, we, we know Spencer him as the guy Petrus that and Deacon Hill. Oh, Those are his God. guys. So he was <clears throat> he was a quarterback at Wisconsin. Don't think did he ever play? I I don't I don't remember him playing. Um I don't think he was I don't think he played. Had a uh, according to Wikipedia, he had some nerve issues. Um and then so he learned under Paul Christ at Wisconsin. And then he was with Wisconsin as like a GA. Somehow the guy is like way younger than we are, Williams. He's only 33. I thought he was like 45. He's my age. Jesus. That's insane. I remember Ross and I having this conversation because Lystico did this. Oh, they're bringing in this this volunteer coach from Wisconsin, and he's really going really gonna to help out these Iowa quarterbacks. That was like six years ago. Well, so he was at Wisconsin – and then he went to Colorado State. He was the OC for one season. All right, not six at years Colorado ago, three State. Three years ago. My apologies. And they were they were horrible. They were uh, I don't know. They won like three or four games. So I think the whole coaching staff 
got fired. But so he, so he's under Paul Christ and Steve Adazio was the head coach at Colorado State. Listen, I don't even know if it matters. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if like that's that's where I'm at with this yeah. whole thing. I, I don't think it matters. I just want to know why this guy keeps at least getting he's not promoted. The OC. What is he doing yeah. to get promotions? <laughs> like, I'll tell you, in our line of work, if your show sucks and doesn't create revenue, you're going to get fired. Well, you brought in Deacon Hill, and he's been tutoring Spencer Petras. Oh. <laughs> and now, okay, let's let's go. Uh, well, I, wide receivers. Okay, good. And you look, some coaches. <laughs> this is going to be the guy to get Caleb Brown over the hump. This oh, is God. it. Some coaches, though, that they're. they're they're good working with other groups. Like it doesn't necessarily, even yeah. you could, you could be a defensive player and work with offensive position groups. And sometimes that works, but this just, this it doesn't add up. I didn't even know anything about this guy until you brought him up on the show a year and a half ago. It's because it's always fascinated me. That, it, it was it, one it, of the deals when you do talk radio for three hours live every day, like I used to in Des Moines, like you, you're looking for things to talk about. And this was like a huge talker when he came in. Oh, I mean, he's got he's got this experience at Wisconsin. They've been really good. It's a volunteer. You know, uh, he's it's just an extra set of eyes in the quarterback's room. He's going to help Brian Ferentz. My whole thing is I'm just like, again, like. This would be like, oh, your show has terrible ratings. Nobody watches it. The audience hates you. I'm going to give you a promotion twice. Hassle. It, it, don't, it seems like another just middle finger from Kirk Ferentz. Oh, you want us to change? Okay, well, I'm just going to promote from within. I mean, it, at least he went out. He got somebody from yeah. outside the This the guy isn't the OC. So it's offensive a- coordinator. And look, we've even... We've even said and wondered, does it even matter who the OC is? So if it doesn't really matter who the OC is, then it really doesn't matter who the wide receivers coach is. It's just, it's just funny, and I just can't believe how young he is. Good for uh, Bud Meyer. Good for him, Coach Bud. We should get him on the program. You think he'd come on? I told you we can't have anyone on the program until yeah. you finish your promise. You said you're going to get Fran McCaffrey on here. Only I will get Fran McCaffrey this offseason. Call him Budemeyer. Budemeyer? Budemeyer. What is it? Is it Bud or Bud? Well, you guys used to call him Budemeyer. I used to no, think it was I, that. I don't know. I don't know which I one I thought it was Budemeyer. Or maybe you did call him Budemeyer. Yeah, it's Budmeyer, I think. Budmeyer. Budmeyer. Fun show today. Big one. Well, you're tonight. all jacked up. You got a huge day. You got NASCAR. I got hospital runs in Iowa City. It's a we do do something that's really fun though. Every time we go there, the whole family we wear cyclone gear, and everybody. It's 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 fun. Like all the doctors, you know, it's she's had the same doctors since she was two weeks old. So they we know them. And it's it's always a good time. It's it's one of the part of the rivalry. I wish more people could see, like when you go into that children's hospital. And sure, it, it's really a cool deal. So, do you I, have a, a a lunch spot you always go to in Iowa City? Vine, baby. Every time we go to the Vine, get wings. I've never every been to time. The Vine. You never been to the Vine? No. Oh man, my uncle Dick used to take me there every Friday night before Hawkeye games when when I was a kid, and he'd get really drunk, and I'd just sit there and watch. <laughs> You would watch him getting drunk? Yeah. I'd sit there. 
his uh, his old buddy Eugene, they just get hammered, and I just sit there and run them beers. Oh, they need, boys need a couple more, man. <laughs> and then we just pray we could get to the Motel Six without getting arrested. Yeah, good old good memories from Iowa Wait, so City. Did you go to the game or did you just go to the bar? No, we went to the bar the night before and went to the game on Saturdays. And you stayed at the Motel Six. Yeah, wherever. Yeah, Dick was kind of a cheapskate. Oh, Uncle Dicky! I got great memories of Iowa City. <laughs> Just watching my uncle get annihilated. All right, uh, appreciate it. Fairway Meat and Grocery sponsoring us here in the Channel Seed Studios for Chris Hassel. I'm Chris Williams and Matt Van Winkle producing as always. Have a good night. Iowa everywhere.